Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. SideQuest, enter a world of dreams. Laura, tell me what you saw in your dream. I told you, Dr. Newberry. Santa Claus. A world of silence. Subject may be making contact. I don't want to see the future or the past. I just want to be normal. A world of madness. No one is normal. A world that can't be ignored. She likes it, loves it. She can't resist it. She wants to penetrate his mind, see what he sees. He was a little boy, and then something happened. Terrible. Because when the dream is over, I don't know what's going on here, but whatever it is, the nightmare begins. <laughs> the Yuletide terror returns. His brain was surgically reconstructed. You don't mind my saying, I'd have pulled his plug. Even his life was a value. With the saga that shocked a nation, <laughs> Robert Culp. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 3, Better Watch Out. Do you think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum? But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminated. SideQuest. Drink some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Sometimes, that is better. I'd be sick for fucks using one too many movies. No. Don't you blame the movie! SideQuest. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Okay. Show me. SideQuest. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle. SideQuest. Hello and welcome listeners to episode number 13 of SideQuest Podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts here, of uh, David Garrett Jr. from Journey with a Cinephile, and always I'm being joined by... It's your main man, Jake, from Dark Mariachi Studios, and I'm here representing Guitar Case Fuller Reviews Podcast. Perfect. And um, before we kind of jump into the movie that we're doing here, I just kind of want to check in with you since we really hadn't recorded in a while, kind of had some, you know, busy type things going on here, but um, how have you been doing? Uh, pretty good, man, pretty good. Just staying busy... Uh, working, because I did end up getting a regular job eventually, but I'm still doing videos too, so that makes <laughs> makes it oh, kind of sure, rough, because yeah. <laughs> I've been having to work a lot of overtime with the Christmas season coming, so uh, pretty much that's all I've been doing is working, and then after work doing videos still, so staying busy with that. Uh, I do have some, uh, I had a family thing happen here, my daughter, she graduated college here. Um, oh, nice. Um, this, this well, right now when we're recording this, it would have been this past Friday. Okay. But um, she went ahead and graduated, and uh, she's gonna be a nurse. And she's gonna start uh, next year at the beginning of the year in her uh, residency, so she's ready to go. So that was something that's pretty good. We had to go to Denton for her graduation, which is about about an hour from uh, where I live at. So it was pretty cool to see her walk across the stage and get that diploma for sure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, congratulations to her then. So I know you're a, a, a newly married man still. Uh, I don't know how long the newness lasts, but it's still pretty new. So <laughs> yeah. how's it been going in your neck of the woods, man? Um, It's been good. Yeah, that really kind of 
everything gearing up for that, especially, you know, getting married in October where I'm trying to do all of, you know, watching these movies and, you know, doing reviews and everything. So that definitely kind of added another type of wrinkle and element to that. But everything's been good. Uh, we went to uh, Mexico for our honeymoon and everything like that. And now we're kind of getting into, you know, that first time together for, well, the first time married for the holidays with like family stuff and trying to, you know, navigate that whole thing. So how are you guys going to split that up? You guys uh, both do holidays the same day in your families, or are they close close enough to where you guys would visit them? Or um, we kind of have it interesting is that her parents live about like an hour, an hour and like fifteen minutes from where my parents live. Um, Thanksgiving is actually my favorite holiday, so as of right now, we go up to visit my family on Thanksgiving at my grandma's house, and then we're actually having since her sister lives down here in Columbus that her parents are coming down here to hang out with us uh, the 23rd and then a little bit on Christmas Eve, and then we're going over there, and then my parents are coming down on the 26th to celebrate with us. Oh, okay, so y'all got it kind of lined up. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, we're potentially hoping to be starting a family, like, next year and everything like that. We kind of wanted to take a little bit of time, you know, to be married before we kind of did anything else, so we're kind of going to play it by ear going forward, but that's kind of the setup we have so far. Yeah, because once that once you have kids, man, that changes everything. So oh yeah, then we're gonna have everybody <laughs> the whole world revolves. <laughs> yeah, the whole world revolves around these kids all of a sudden. Right. So just just be ready for that. I know we used to have a good setup for Christmas here, but uh, this year, like, so it's weird because of the work. It's because of work. Yeah. Uh, my wife changed, uh, got a promotion at her job, but she had to switch shifts. Okay. So usually she would be off, but she's working now for Christmas, mm-hmm. and she won't be able to get off. So. We used to do, uh, with her family, we would do Christmas, because they celebrated on Christmas Eve, okay. and my family celebrated Christmas Day, so okay. we would do Christmas Eve with her family that night, and the next day when we got up, we would go and have like an early dinner with my family and celebrate with them, Right. but I got I don't know if I'm going to have to work, she's going to have to work, so everything's kind of thrown off this year. I know whatever happens, I'm going to end up going, but I think we're going to celebrate with her family Christmas night. Okay. This year instead. So our Christmas has been kind of tossed up with work changes that we had here. Right. But uh, next year, it won't matter. So that'll be the good thing. If, right. you know, if we don't change shifts or anything again. But at least next year, I should be off on a Sunday, hopefully. Okay. So we were doing our Christmas movie here now. <laughs> this, was yes, a, this was a selection here. I know we uh, <laughs> we talked about the reimagining, reimagining version they had not too yep. long ago last year. That was our Christmas special. This year, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out, is what we're talking about. So, <laughs> what do you, how do, how do you start this movie? How do you start this conversation before we even do anything? <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting one, especially because, uh, well, the reason I kind of picked this one, actually, is we both had only seen up till two, and then we obviously, as you were saying, watched the other one, uh, the, like the reimagining last year. So I kind of thought, well, I mean, since we're already this far into it, we should might as well go ahead and kind of jump back to this. But you're right, is that this is kind of an interesting movie to talk about, and that's actually going to bring up something we were kind of talking about in our pregame, is that the director of this one didn't like the script of that they originally had for this one so he hired this guy Rex Weiner to you know do a completely new script you and I were kind of 
thinking back and forth that maybe this might have been a slasher film that he already had and he kind of just incorporated some elements for it especially because the christmas vibe isn't very strong here not and at the all Santa Claus I, you elements, couldn't even tell it's christmas at all if, if no. they didn't tell you and time. i think part of that is that it's in california where there's just no snow at all and it, you just kind of lose that whole vibe but i think if you take away those elements this could be a generic slasher that you throw anywhere there are some interesting elements to it, but it just doesn't really, it doesn't come together. No, not really. I mean, there's a lot of potential in what it could have been uh, based on kind of what they set up in the beginning, but right. it's just it's, it's something that they just never did really explore. And I really do feel like what you're saying, um, it's got to be, it's got to be a script this guy had laying around because this is a totally generic slasher that could have been, you know, up against anything that was out at that time. And it right. would have been just fine without any Silent Night, Deadly Night attached. Okay. Well, especially because well, you, you brought up some good points but... about that. <laughs> Go for it. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, you had brought up some good points about that with, like, um, you know, Friday 7, The New Blood. Oh, yeah. What was that at the time? Yeah, so right yep. before this movie, uh, the year before this, we had uh, Friday the 13th, Part 7. And if you're familiar, that's the one where we introduced a psychic girl into the mix. And she's going to do battle with Jason at some point in that movie, if you remember. Um, and, and then we had um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 that was out a couple years before this. Also, we had Hellraiser that was out, you know, the year before this as well, Hellraiser Part 2. Yep. So we got the doctor in the mental institute doing some shady stuff. So there's a lot of influences from movies that were out right before this. So I feel like they kind of, he had a script and then he said, hey, you know, I've seen these movies. These are what what's going on right now. Let me, you know, <laughs> just just scrape a little crumbs off of off of each of these and sprinkle it into my script and add add Ricky as our our killer. And then there you go, and handed in his draft and said, "Make it, pay me my money." <laughs> That's what I feel like he said. He's like, "I got it right here, man. Give me my money." There you go. I don't think you're wrong. And I mean, actually, as you were talking, <laughs> I was thinking is. Um, I actually think possibly around the same exact time would have been the stepfather too. And I know that Ooh, has a right. sequence where the teen in that movie goes to talk to a psychiatrist about how his uh, father has passed away and then right. how the new stepfather's coming in. So that could also have been another influence potentially there where I haven't looked up the date to see how close and proximity those would have been, but it's also just kind of interesting how that could also be another parallel to explain another element to this movie. Yeah, they. I mean, they're they're picking and choosing from some of the best that this direct the writer did. I think. Yeah. I mean, this is all speculation, though. We're alleged. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sprinkling right, some yeah, There's nothing that I could find. That this is all just this, us though. talking. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> us talking about possibilities that could have happened, but <laughs> but yeah, it's. It's it's all throughout this movie, I think. And you're right, Stepfather 2 was the same year as this movie. Okay. I don't know which one came out first, but this movie was a... I think I read it was a rush production, so they, they could have did anything and seen it. Seen a draft, seen a clip of that movie and said, you know what, let's, let's try to add this scene in real quick. Because there's uh, some yeah. stuff that's in this movie that seems like it was just added in randomly. Uh, actually, <laughs> I was looking at IMDb, and it looks like you are correct. This was a rush production. The original script was discarded and rewritten in one week, starting in <laughs> March of 89. Oh, God. <laughs> Principal photography finished by the end of April, so you're looking at one month later. Editing was done in May, oh, and this God. was first screened at a festival in July. So this wow. literally came together 
which kind of explains <laughs> probably some of my issues, that this yeah. literally came together in, what, three months. So, yeah, he, he sat down and said, okay, we got to go to the movies today. We're going to watch three movies. We're going <laughs> right. to go to a video store. We're going to rent a movie. We're going we're gonna to make this screen. We got a week. Okay, we got a week to get this done. <laughs> We're gonna. I got. I got ninety. I got eighty-five percent of the script written. Just let's. <laughs> let's just knock the rest of this that. out real quick. One week. I can't remember. There was some other movie I read that was uh, that we did. Neither. I, I think I did. <laughs> it was the same story where somebody stayed up for like two days and rewrote a whole script. <laughs> I believe it. But it yeah. was a bad movie, too. I remember it was a movie that was really bad. But it was like, <laughs> that's why. Because they just rewrote it in a day. <laughs> okay, that's crazy. I didn't I didn't even read that part. That's crazy that they did that. But it makes sense. It shows. Oh, it does. Yeah. Really. Okay, so um, are you familiar with this cast at all? That's something I want to talk about. Because I wasn't super familiar with anybody in this cast. Were you? Um, There's two people that I know. One of them is Bill Mosley. Oh yeah, was, Bill Mosley. Yep. I forgot about him. Yes. Yep. He. I knew him. The only other one is Laura Haring, who plays Jerry, the girlfriend. I only know her because she is in Mulholland Drive. Okay. Yeah. And you see, Bill Mosley without his beard, I don't even recognize him because now I only know him from Rob Zombie movies, so I don't yeah. even seeing him young him is is weird. Yeah, I kept having to cover his <laughs> cover my eyes of his mouth to see that it was him because I can recognize his from the eyes up. Yep. Maybe the nose up, I can recognize him. But the mouth without a beard, it just, it kept throwing me out because I was like, who is this guy? You know? <laughs> yep. And then he looks so much not like the other Ricky because the other Ricky was kind of like a, he would be like a football player hunk type character. Yeah. So he didn't look like that. He looked like a weird, creepy kind of Yeah, because Bill Mosley's like, kind of gangly. Yeah, I was going to say gangly, dude. So it's not... It's not the same. He's not even like. That's why I was wondering, like, why the why that choice? Why not find just a random beefcake? He didn't even have lines, really. Why not just find a random beefcake that looks more like the other dude? It is interesting. I mean, I guess if I was writing the screenplay, I would explain it away that because of how much time has happened from the events of the part two. I could say that there could be some atrophy. I probably would get somebody who's a little bit bigger, but just like that he's been in a coma for so long that he, but then the problem would end up becoming there is he might not be able to get up and walk without some sort of uh, therapy or something like that. I mean, I guess you could also use the thing that like how he wakes up and the reasoning behind waking up is how he's able to move, but I'm a little bit forgiving of some things, but. And then we never explain this procedure because he's got this weird brain cap on. Yeah, he does. <laughs> that's never explained. What What is this procedure? Is that something we want to talk about now or when we get to the doctor's fake explanations? You want to get to it at that point? Uh, we might as well go ahead and talk about it now just because uh, I feel like this all kind of runs together with that. Yeah. So so there's some there's this procedure where I guess he's trying to create psychic telepathy or something like he's trying to create a way to do it is that what he's doing the only thing that i kind of gathered from it is it almost seems like his experiment might be taking people with psychic abilities and seeing if you can wake up people or at least connect with people who are in a coma to see if you can like figure out what they're thinking or I almost feel like the end game should be to find out ways if you can connect with them to see if you can wake them up. 
oh as my a God. way to get him out of comas faster. So wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So are we talking about the cell? It could be. Is I that mean, what we're talking about? Like that? That's what this procedure is. I don't so know if it's ever stated, but like that's what I would do if this was what I was writing. And that's no, kind that's, of that's I, what we're describing. We're describing you describing the movie The Sale exactly <laughs> without the serial killer plot. Well, we're, yeah. there is a serial killer, but yeah. <laughs> that's the movie The Sale. Oh my god! I, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't even think about it like that. That's what that's what they're trying to do. Okay, but but I thought his end game was some kind of. Because at some point, he's having a conversation with somebody on a phone, about a phone, yeah. and he's talking about trying to get rid of that. So I thought his his end game was that we'd be able to have telepathy or something, or mm-hmm. communicate just with our brains or something. I, I don't understand. I didn't understand he was... I know he was trying to do something. I didn't know it was the cell that he was trying to do. He was doing <laughs> that technology. Which, that's cool to me, because that, that makes it makes more sense now. Because I didn't understand what he was doing. I okay. will say, though, I don't know if the movie ever comes out and says that's what the thing is. That's what, like, I would make sure to convey. Because I think the movie just kind of, it lacks a lot of explanation for things. Yeah, there's just stuff that's that's happening, but nobody says, you know, what it is. Right. And it, it wouldn't take a lot, either. It would just take no. a line. A drop couple lines of, because the doctors he's being really uh, grandiose about his explanations about it. He is, yep. Instead of just saying this is like being just this is what I'm trying to do, he's not. So I, I never really understand what he said. But now you've you've broken the code for me a little bit. <laughs> but I still don't understand what the procedure actually because this little hat he's got on, brain hat. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that has to do. And like, I, guess I know that's... she is being monitored while she's sleeping, but like, I don't necessarily know what is connecting them unless his like brain thing is plugged in it somewhere, and they just don't explain that either. Yeah, they don't understand. They never explain the procedure they're they're doing. Like, she's she we we join her already in the middle of it, so we right. don't even know. I think at some point you see like uh, the machine is showing both of their heart rates or something. Yes, or brain waves I think or something. So. Yeah, but like you said, how are they connected? Like, what's what's? I mean, mentally they're connected, but is there a? I, I don't know. I just how do, who is this girl? How it's 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 so many unanswered questions. And they'll never, <laughs> they'll never be answered. So I guess, I guess we have to just say that this is a procedure that happens in this world. I guess. I mean, I guess the other thing too would have been. I know she's been part of this experiment for a while, but I mean, like you could also just to explain some of this stuff away, just give us a time frame. Like you've been working towards this for like a year, and this is what has like you're finally to the point where they don't even need to be connected anymore. That she just has to go to sleep, and she's connected with him now. Yeah, none of none of that is even really even talked about, <laughs> which is sad because it. I mean, that would make it something in the movie. It would make it something you could understand and follow throughout the movie. But they don't. I don't know why they didn't feel like they needed to explain that. I don't know why they thought we would just get it. I don't know either. Yeah, because I didn't. <laughs> so I don't know why they just assumed that. Because even if like, and that's why I said Dimer, because it feels like when they go to the dream, is this a dream clinic? Like, I don't even know where we are. Are we at the prison? Uh, well, is it, it looks the, like a regular the, the, hospital because you the have The mental people... hospital where he's at? Is that where we are? Are they even in the same place when they're doing this? I think they're in a regular hospital because you have that one Santa Claus who is going and visiting children. Oh, my God. You're right. So this, so he's not even in a, a mental facility. He's just in a regular hospital? Yeah. Like, he's not even in, like, a... um, Like, he's not 
uh, handcuffed to his bed or anything, and you don't have, like, a cop who's watching over him to make sure that he just doesn't happen to wake up. For some reason, I, f I thought he was in a facility somewhere. But you're right. The, the Santa Claus was visiting kids and stuff. You're right. I don't know. That's weird. Okay. I thought they weren't in the same place. So they were literally probably in the same, not in the same room, but the same hospital. They're not, yeah, they're not that far. The wings aren't that far away because, I mean, he's literally doing that and then just pops into this room so he can, you know, drink. So how they connected? Then you're right. I still don't understand how they connected. Ricky and uh, Laura, how they connected? They still don't know. <laughs> so that makes it make less sense. Okay. Okay, but anyways, let's... What do you want to... Let's jump into this movie, man. This, so most of the stuff's not going to make sense. So even breaking it down, it probably makes it worse. Because we <laughs> can find all the, the holes in it. All right, here, let me go ahead and actually introduce the movie fully then, and then yeah, let's jump we into will, um, we kind of already started a bit, but we can kind of uh, jump back in, but this is Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out, from 1989. <laughs> this actually went straight to video, which isn't surprising. This was directed by Monty Hellman. The story was actually written amongst Hellman, uh, I brought up uh, Rex Viner, who also wrote the screenplay, and then there's also Arthur Gorson who I think he might have wrote the original screenplay, but they're still getting him story credit. This stars Samantha Scully, Bill Mosley, and Richard C. Adams, and I think that's about it. And then just to make sure that if you got this far into this, we will be doing spoilers for things, you know, so I don't necessarily know if you need to watch this one because I don't think necessarily anything we're going to say is going to ruin this movie just because it's not the greatest quality, but I'm going to make sure that's up there now. And But, like, as we were saying, though, this movie really kind of jumps into a nightmare sequence, and then we're with this Dr. Newberry as well as our main character of Laura, who is a psychic. And they're doing some sort of experiment, as we were saying, and she's having these nightmares of a killer Santa Claus. Yeah, so, and we're told that she's seeing through Ricky's eyes, correct? Yes, yep. Yeah, so let's talk about this, this dream sequence. So she wakes up in an all-white room. Yep. And she's walking and then and then she oh she sees that it's in a room where Ricky is, right? Yeah, so, he's in bed and I think he might open his eyes at that point. Maybe. Yeah, because then he pulls the knife or scalpel or something. Yep. And then she runs she's trying to run from him and then he's as she's running through these hallways and she's running really weirdly. <laughs> but she's running and then like every door she opens, like eventually he's there or something. And then, and then she then also sees another Santa Claus that's like backing her like have her yeah. come forward. She's like, help me, help me. And he's like telling her to come in. And he's yep. kind of prances into the room. Kind of, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, and then she follows him. And there's this setup, like this Christmas, almost like a picture setup would be for a Santa Claus in a mall, like a mall. or something. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And she looks like a kid again. Like her facial expression is like a kid. She's like, sits on his lap. And she's like, yes, I want all these toys and all this <laughs> stuff. Right. <laughs> But then he pulls out a knife and just stabs her, which yep. then she wakes up from the dream. So, question. Mm -hmm. she When she wakes up, why is she not telling the doctor what she's seeing? She's pretending like, oh, I had a dream about Santa Claus. Okay, that wasn't a dream about Santa Claus. That was, Santa Claus killed you. Right. That, that may be something that could help the doctor. I don't understand why she's not the being only... forthright with what happened. The only thing that I was kind of picking up there is she ends up quitting the experiment immediately after. I'm wondering if she's just kind of done with this whole thing. So her whole kind of is like, yeah, it was Santa Claus and I'm done with the experiment. I, I, 
it almost feels like she's freaked out and this okay, is that's her what I was way wondering. of like, just is she getting scared yeah. but then she's but the problem we talked about this in our pregame she this actress has has some issues with her facial control yeah because she's doing a weird smirk almost like a smile in really weird times where she should be because I mean, when she wakes up from this she's screaming but then when he's calming her down she's doing this weird smirk like she's okay and i'm like are you freaked out or are you okay or what's going on with your face? <laughs> I kept thinking yeah, that. <laughs> she she also we're in an extreme with, close up of her face. Well, she also has issues with it. like her eyes moving when she shouldn't when she's yeah because she's supposed to be blind. Yeah, and then even and I don't want to I don't want to nitpick everything, but the doctor's asking she's yeah I had a dream I could see, but oh okay I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this because it was a drop line that I missed the, I watched it twice. Yeah. It was a drop line I missed the first time. Do you know why she's blind? Did you catch that drop line? Uh, Something happened when she was a kid, but I don't remember what it was. There was a plane crash, and her parents died, and she got blind from it, but she didn't die. That's right. She was in the... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she she was part of the plane crash, but she was one of the survivors. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, didn't, I, I didn't catch that. The first, it was just a drop line that somebody says. I didn't catch it the first time. Oh, that's so, actually interesting. So that she's can be been borrowed from another movie kid, called Soul Survivors, actually, where there's a person who survives a plane about. crash and then feels guilty about it. Yeah, I do remember <laughs> that movie. <laughs> so, see, this, this who knew that this movie, you know, had so many connections? Who knew? Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just thought that was, um, to know that, I'm, I'm glad I figured that out because... Like, I didn't understand at all, like, how long she had been going to this place. And even how long, if she was born blind. Because the first time I watched it, I had, I never understood. Right. She could have been blind her whole life. Because she seemed like she knew how to move around okay. But again, like, her eye, her eye movement made it, she made it look like she was looking around. Yeah. While she was walking. But just in the context of the movie, it's like, you never know how long she's been blind. Because we don't even know exactly when the plane, it could have happened three years ago. We don't even know. That's true. Yeah, I. I'm assuming she was a kid, but yeah, because oh, really the only thing that. that you get is that her and her brother were raised by her grandmother after they passed away. So really, the only kind of time frame is that they were probably under the age of eighteen. So that's there's a yeah, wide you, range there. Yeah, and I, you can tell they're supposed to be. I feel like her and her brother have a are supposed to be a really close because they kind of yeah. have a fun relationship where they, they kind of. Yeah. Kind of, kind of go back at each other, back and forth against each other, kind of. Agreed. So I feel like I feel like that was a decent relationship that they kind of have in the movie, even though he's not a great actor either. <laughs> no, no, he. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of a weird. Yeah, he's kind of a weird character, but um, yeah, this when he's gonna come pick her up from the doctor's office, and she has a weird interaction with the uh, secretary. She looks like a nurse. Maybe. Yeah, like the uh, like at the reception desk. Yeah, reception nurse. Maybe I don't know, but they have kind of some some weird interaction here where she's kind of mad at it, and it feels like the lady doesn't realize she's blind at first, or she should know though. I thought. Yeah, that, that that's why I feel like she got mad, like because she's like asking, "Can you tell me?" Because she can't see if he's there. <laughs> that's why I thought she was saying, and the lady was kind of feeling acting like she was bothering her or something. Agreed. Like, I kind of thought it was weird how rude that, like, nurse at the desk was. And, but it does seem like she doesn't realize. I don't understand why they didn't have the actress who's blind wear, uh, like, sunglasses. Because that's usually kind of the movie yeah, you can hide the eyes moving around and everything like that. Or give but, her, like, those contacts that got, like, the little faded 
color in it or something? Yeah, just something like that. So like yeah. it, but yeah, that nurse is really rude. But she does get a great kind of vision here of this nurse murdered, and that's mm-hmm. what kind of gives her some solace. Which I thought that was uh, kind of a good touch there. Yeah, and this is where we're jumping back into into nightmare territory because now yep. she's falling asleep. Yep. And we don't know she's asleep, and then she's having dreams and being woken up by people or waking up. Yep. This is where we kind of start getting into that a lot. Because I feel like it happens like two or three more times, too. Because is this actually where she starts having visions of the first movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> she starts watching the first movie in her head. Yeah, in her, uh, in her dream. <laughs> <laughs> they love, this, this franchise loves a clip show. They do. They love it. At least I mean, this one's not as bad as the second one, where that movie the, is like 75%. <laughs> It's ridiculous. I just rewatched it as part of this watching, and it's ridiculous how they. It's not even. It's like they took footage of an interview of him and a doctor, and then the rest of it is just clip show. The rest of it, and they're just talking. They'll say like two or three sentences, and then clip show. <laughs> For it's sure. crazy. It's actually- crazy. If you wanted to, we can jump in here and talk about some of the inconsistencies with the visions that she's getting with some of the characters we're supposed to have in this movie. As you and I both kind of had some confusion here that our serial killer who's in a coma right now is Ricky, who is the (laughs) younger brother in part one, and he is the killer in part two. But Mm -hmm. she is getting a vision when Ricky would have been a baby of Mm -hmm. the Santa Claus who killed their parents as well as, you know, raped their mother and everything like that, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I'm also thinking at this point is where they show the older brother getting killed at the end of the first movie, but they're trying to say that that's Ricky who was shot there when Ricky was actually a little boy inside of the orphanage at that time. Yeah, it was confusing to me too because I was like, Okay, first of all, he wouldn't have seen all this. His brother would right. have. Because he was literally just crying in the seat. So he wouldn't have known any of that. And then, like, yeah, I was confused. Was it him? I remember we were, we were talking about maybe it was the original Santa that actually is doing all this. Right. Like, I, it, it was really confusing because he looks so much different than the other Ricky that that's even Ricky. And the only reason why, I think at some point somebody says, Richard Caldwell? Ricky Caldwell? Yep. And I'm like, oh, that's who that's supposed to be? Oh, gotcha. That's exactly the same Because I was looking point. for any connection to the other movie to know what was going on. That was the exact same point that I realized who was who here. I think it might have been, It's. I think it's the detective that shows up later in this movie. Who oh, the recognizes the detective? Name. <laughs> yep. <Great. laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, I think he was supposed to be comedy or... I yeah, one, yeah, he was one hundred percent supposed to be like comedic. Because uh, like he is not—he is not a serious cop at all. Every time, nothing about him seems serious, and he always has a face like he's about to tell a joke. Yeah, <laughs> which was weird. I was like, "Why is this guy just telling jokes?" Like, but not only that, <laughs> but he also has a face like the punchline is making him laugh, so he's trying yeah, to hold it together. He but... it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. Like. This guy, like, what is... He, how is he a detective? Why y'all couldn't get somebody more serious for this role? Because that's... <laughs> maybe the brother could have been the comedic element. Why not make the brother the, the comedy element? Why make this guy? I think that would have worked better, especially because of, like, how rude his sister is. Yeah, so let's let's talk about this. So the brother eventually... So she has a vision that the uh, the receptionist got killed, right? 
Yep. And then she wakes up and her brother picks her up. <laughs> so we start with the jokes right away because as soon as they get in the car, she's like, I thought it was kind of funny. She's like, hey, how do you, how does a idiot get a belt off or something? And then yeah. she sit there and she's like simulating masturbating the the part that the, the long part of the belt that goes in the hole. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm like, oh, it's going to be that kind of movie? That's what I was thinking. Yep. And then I feel like not too long after that, uh, we get... The Santa, is the Santa candy cane lick? Not too long after that. Yes, because actually in my notes, that's the very next scene is uh, the drunk Santa who's walking around, like, visiting little children and then goes into Ricky's room and, you know, stealing some drinks from his flask. Yeah, I'm like, what is this guy? He's like, some lady, you want to lick my candy cane, little girl, or something? <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, so it's that kind of movie, but it never really... It just kind of jumps past those kind of things and never like pauses for that laughter, but <laughs> it's weird. And and let's, you know what? Let's talk about. We're talking about how rude she is. Remember when we meet? We're gonna meet the new girlfriend pretty soon here too, right? Yes, yes we do. So we're going on a trip to Grandma's house. Let's just say that. So we're getting everything ready, right? Because mm-hmm. Grandma's house is where they go for a Christmas Eve or Christmas. Is it Christmas Eve or Christmas? Um, I think they go up there for kind of like the weekend. So I think they go up and like have dinner Christmas Eve, and I think the next morning they open presents and everything. Okay, so I was yeah, so we're Christmas Eve, Christmas. Okay. Yep. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, so that's where we're going. But as soon as they meet, she's like, so at first I thought she just didn't see her because she puts her hand out like to shake her hand. Right. The girlfriend <laughs> Jerry is trying to shake her hand. Right. And she, I thought she was just like. Did you not tell her your sister's blind? That's what I was thinking at first. I was like, how would she know you stuck your hand out? So, But then she's being rude, and she's like, I don't shake hands on the first date. I'm like, oh, so you're just being a bitch to her. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's I didn't, just I didn't understand. movie, too. Yeah. Because she's jumping on everything. That's like She's like, oh, so how does it feel to be handicapped? Well, I don't consider myself handicapped. And I'm like, so everything she says, she's like, oh, what is her? Wait a minute, because I wrote it down. What did she tell her? Oh, yeah. And I thought this was a funny interaction because it's the same thing when she's out on shake on the first hand. Mm-hmm. Then she's like, uh, your brother told me something. And she was like, yeah, he told me that you give great head or something. <laughs> yeah. But then but then the girls rebuttal. They just kind of sleep on him. You know what she told her? Did you realize what she said? I don't she's like, remember. Yeah, I but I'm, she says I'm great with my hands, too. And I think uh-huh. she means, like, I'll beat you up. <laughs> That's what I think she's saying. When somebody tells you they got hands, that means they uh-huh. can fight. So I feel like she was telling her, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm good with these hands, too, so watch your mouth. Well, I think she was telling her. <laughs> I, and I'll say, I, if that's the case and that's what she's going for, I actually like Jerry, the girlfriend, trying to, like, make a connection with his sister who's being rude to her and being like, oh, I can be snarky back. Yeah, she's, she's, she's kind of a tough chick. She's all right. Right. I didn't mind her. Um, she didn't really do a lot, but well, <laughs> I didn't really mind her presence in the movie. I do think she's one of the better actresses, but you're right. They really don't give her a whole lot of screen time, and she's kind of just relegated to being, like, the girlfriend who... She doesn't really... They don't flush her out at all. Nah. she. I mean, she gets a moment later in the movie, but they don't really give her too much. Agreed. But, um, but anyways, uh, yeah, we have a little... They have a lot of little banter back and forth, though, yep. in, this, in this car ride. We make some stops, too, and I was like, how long is this... I don't know if we ever say how long this drive is. I feel like it's a long ride to Granny's house, though. Yeah, it's it seems to be it like I almost feel like they're in like LA or like one of the bigger cities 
and it seems like grandma lives up in the country where it's at least a couple oh, hour drive. You're right, because it says it says they're going to Peru. Yeah. And yeah, I remember there's a, at one point there's a sign and it's like Lake Peru is like so many miles and then the city of Peru is like so many miles. So I don't yep, know. Exactly. Yeah, so we're going on a long trip, kinda out to the country. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So, so let's talk about uh, let's get into uh, Ricky uh, getting out. So yes. I mean, we talked about the Santa visiting him, and that's kind of when he wakes up at that moment. Yep, and that's where he ends up. Uh, the Santa kind of makes some rude comments to him, and this is uh, a guy you really don't want to mess with because he actually kills this poor Santa Claus in his room. So is so is she? Because she has another flashback while they're in the car driving. Is it the flashback? That they're saying sparks Ricky to wake up, or her connect, or is it actually what the guy's saying wakes him up, or because it's kind of weird how they're doing this, how they're kind of setting that up. I don't know what the, what's supposed to be. I here. think it's a lot of her just being in his head with that psychic connection, and I think it's been enough now where it's like kinda it almost kind of seems like up. he's been zapped, right? And it kind of gave him just like a spark that like turns everything back on for him. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So it's so it's weird. He's talking about veggies. Veggies don't drink or whatever. And which, who's your favorite singer? Perry Como and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was kind of funny. I like. I like. That I did laugh at that. I'm not gonna lie. Because he's singing a little sh- the song or whatever, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> but then he gets it. He's like, no, no, no. Yep. Here, have a drink. No. <laughs> so then he gets out. Now something I thought was weird after this. After he does get out, because then he goes and actually, the so. She's seeing the future. She's seeing uh, the past in movie form. And what else can she see? Her I powers almost, are not well defi- defined at all. It's not. And I almost feel like she's she seeing the future because. A flash like sideways where she can see what he's doing currently as well, or at least he can see what she's doing, I think. Because I, I know that's how he. It's a weird. I think at least that's what they're doing. Like, it, it, have you ever it seen is kind of confusing. Have you ever seen the movie Hideaway with um, Jeff Goldblum? I have not. The same thing happens in that movie. Okay. It's it's probably about three or four years after. I think it's like ninety three maybe. Okay. But it's the same thing happens in that movie. This guy has a psychic connection with a killer, okay. and then at some point only he can see what the killer's doing, but okay. at some point the killer can see what he's doing also, and oh. then he starts trying to get him. So it's like a similar thing like that is happening in this movie. So they probably copied that from this movie too. Okay. So yeah. that's another connection if anybody's counting. <laughs> <laughs> so I understood exactly what they were doing with that from that movie <laughs> that he can see her thoughts because she says the grandma's address or something, and that's how he knows to go to the grandma's house eventually. Right, and he also I think while they're driving, she looks over and sees that sign for the like Pyru. Oh yeah, she's then- the one that sees it. When he's walking, he actually goes that same exact sign, and that's when he gets picked up as a hitchhiker. So, question. <laughs> this guy's got on a hospital gown. Right. He's got a metal glass container thing with his brain out. Nobody's going to call the cops. Nobody's going to think that's suspicious. He's just walking down the highway. Well, not like that, but, like, <laughs> he kills Literally, that just nurse. walking down the highway. He kills that nurse as well, and like, there's nobody else in these ho- in this hospital that wouldn't have seen him walking down the hallway or like this, walking this out of like the hospital. This is like a one floor. This is like a one floor 
Like five or six people staffed hospital, I guess. I, guess. I don't know. Children's wings right there. Serial only a, only here. a children's wing, I guess, with like three rooms. <laughs> well, it was like two or three doors. <laughs> right. Yeah, because you don't see anybody else. So nobody... Eventually, the police do, do come in and check it out, but... <laughs> I don't, how long does this movie take place? Is this all over one night? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think or one it's, day, I guess. One full yeah, day. it's. I'm assuming her doing the experiment. Like, cause at first I wasn't sure. Now, because the night is very long, I almost feel like her experiment must have been like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, and so like they're hitting the road by like two or three. So they're getting to grandma's house around dinner time, but like he's already kind of gotten out there, and then a lot of the stuff is taking place like into like the next morning. And he's on well, he does get a hitch. I would say he was on foot, but he does meet that hitchhiker guy. Yep. That takes him, and that guy's kind of weird too. Right. <laughs> but everybody's so something that they tried to bring from the second one about him being triggered by red. I wish they would have brought back because he would he would flip. And he would say, punish, punish. Right. And so, why not bring that back? That would have been something. Because, well, I mean, I kind of feel like you connection do, but to you're, second one. Yeah, you're not fully leaning into what happened. It almost feels to me like the people that did this watched part one and then wrote this screenplay. But then they just knew that Ricky was the killer in the second one. Yeah, because they're like, well, part two is just a clip show, so it doesn't matter. We just watch the first one and we'll know what happened. <laughs> That's fair. I, I mean, <laughs> but not knowing that there's actually a second part to part two. I mean, you actually just a watch part story. two because you get to watch part one pretty much while you're watching part yes, two. Yes, I didn't even rewatch part one because when I watched part two, I was like, oh, that's that's mostly all of part one. I don't even have to rewatch it because I saw everything that happened pretty much. Okay, yep. thanks. <laughs> it saves you time, actually. but It does. <laughs> but it is kind of a waste of a movie to do that. <laughs> Because the Ricky story is actually kind of interesting because he's actually doing stuff in in the second part of that movie. Yeah, no. He, but I mean, why not have more of that instead of less of that? <laughs> and I mean, yeah, because I mean, from what I remember, the second one, isn't it him going after Mother Superior? Yeah, he goes yeah. after her like at some point. Uh, he's like one of the last people he goes after. Right. And her and she's still kind of damaged from that original movie. Exactly. So that's kind of cool. But that movie's... I think that movie's better than this one, honestly. If I had to ask somebody. But, uh... <laughs> anyways, let's, let's get back into this one, man. Um, okay, so where are we at right now? Ricky's walking down the, the highway. Yep, he's... And, he's uh, walk, and he gets a, a ride from that Hispanic guy? Yes, yep. So he's got a... Is it a Santa sweater? Oh, it's a Christmas sweater. Yes, yeah. Also, okay, I guess so that it kind of explains why he attacks this guy is the the Christmas sweater kind of sets him off. Yeah, he's got that Christmas sweater. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was trying to think like, yeah, because he's like, um, yeah, my wife makes me wear this Christmas sweater or something. Yeah. Once a year or something. <laughs> but that guy's kind of weird because he's like fast talking kind of at the beginning, like telling him stuff. It got kind of a little bit awkward because it's, Ricky's not responding to any of his questions, but then he just kind of interacts like Ricky. He's like, oh, you're like a silent type. Okay. And then keeps trying to just talking almost yeah. like he's interacting with this guy, but he's getting nothing back. Yeah. I would have been like, that would weird me. I'm like, hey, well, you know what, man? Uh, this is your stop right here <laughs> <Gotta> <laughs> right. <laughs> before I get killed. But he didn't, he didn't listen. So he got killed. Right. And that's why you don't, that's why you probably shouldn't pick up hitchhikers, especially dudes with exposed brains. That's probably, uh, probably yeah, because he says something like, "Did you get a 
Something with your head done or something? He said some weird comment. He does say something weird about it, which I mean, I probably would have <laughs> asked about it because it, it is weird looking. I don't think I would pick up a dude with an exposed brain glass hat, though. I just, I feel like he's up to something. I don't know what. But. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like a sound idea in the middle of the night. Well, it was daytime, wasn't it? It wasn't nighttime yet, was it? Um, or was it nighttime? Maybe. I feel like when he's looking at the sign, it's daytime, and then I feel like it becomes night very quickly. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was getting later. Okay, so you want to jump into the detective guy next, or you want to keep keep on Ricky because he's gonna have another kill here once they go to a gas station. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Is our other group goes to this gas station, I think, first, and they get some supplies and talk to Granny, but for some reason they don't make it to the house in time. And actually, something I wanted to bring up here is Yeah, that wait movie, a minute. Why, why didn't they make it there before him? How I'm not sure. Earlier? Unless they went to a grocery store afterwards. I guess it's only a gas station, so maybe that's what kind of held them up. Yeah, they. Yeah, it feels like they made another stop somewhere, because I feel like they have another conversation here. Because I know Grandma wanted him to get butter, and maybe this gas station really just kind of had, like, drinks and snacks and didn't have that, so they probably went somewhere else. Yeah, because there's another scene where they're having a hair, uh, the Laura and, and, and Jerry are having a conversation while the brother's off getting something. I think that may be when they went to the other store, maybe. But okay. I still don't understand yeah. how he's getting there before them, though. Oh, great. Because I feel like they left a lot. They were on a car when they left, and they left a lot sooner. So I, I don't know. I guess that guy, the, the one Hispanic dude, was going the same direction, I guess. I don't know. Just happened to be. <laughs> yeah, so lucky for him. He didn't have to Michael Myers it and, and just take somebody's <laughs> car and drive it. So. Exactly. Can Ricky, was Ricky driving in the other movie? I don't even remember. Um, I think he was before he had his brain injury. Okay. So it hadn't impacted his ability to drive? It must <laughs> Just <have> talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really talk. So. No. Because that's not explored. Like, what? what is his state? Like, he's in a coma, but does he have brain activity? They, have to re- they, stay, they say at some point... They had to rebuild his brain or something. Yes. Yep. So what what does that mean? Like they never explain like what is the capabilities of his brain? Is he mentally he's at a, you know a eighth grade level or six six year old level? Or like what is his state? Well, they probably don't knew. know um, because this actually gets brought up and we can actually transition over to this real quick. Then is because Doctor Newberry gets visited by the Lieutenant Conley and they're asking questions about it and I mean. It's kind of weird is that the doctor is not very forthcoming about certain things, so he's just kind of given the bare information that he can to this, like to the police. Since Ricky's been in a coma, they probably don't know the extent of the brain injury. They probably just know that enough of it has been where he's still in a coma and still alive. And, I mean, it probably doesn't help when... Um, when Laura's not telling things to him, because they don't know how much brain activity he probably has. Yeah, because she's not honest in the in the um, when she's doing her uh, telling what happened in the dreams either. So right. you're right. She doesn't know what he's seeing, or they don't know what Ricky's uh, seeing or doing. Agreed. So yeah, that makes sense too. But um, I don't know. It's just <laughs> I don't know. The whole thing is kind of weird that this guy. It, well, it definitely is. You know, I don't know. But anyways, this guy's supposed to be Ricky. So let's 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 um you wanna get to uh the guy that's getting killed at the gas station when Ricky gets there. That guy's on the phone having like phone sex or something. Or yeah, or at least getting started sex. to, yeah. 
So see, this movie is trying to incorporate sexy time a lot because we're talking about, you know, he says you give great head. We're talking about, you know, simulating masturbation on a belt, and we're talking about phone sex. We're even going to have a, a couple of scene later. Agree. Yeah, there was that. The, the brother and the girlfriend, they're getting kind of hot and heavy in front of people all the time. So we're trying to make this a sexy movie, kind of? Or I don't know. It kind of feels like it doesn't know what it wants to fully do. <laughs> so it kind of leans into a little bit of it, but then it's like it rains And then it back jumps away time. right away. Yeah, yeah it exactly. It jumps away right away. We get, except for the, the tub scene. That's the only time it really gets kind of, kind of open. But everything else. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't know. I guess they just didn't see any movies they had. I think the Seven Jason didn't have a lot of sex in it, and the other ones. Uh, didn't. I don't think it did either. I think that was where they kind of. They should have watched. They should have watched part five and six also. Oh, part five! <laughs> that one's just chalked full. <laughs> they needed to get a better. They need to watch a couple more movies yeah. than the ones they. They watched. also were running into a lot of censorship issues around that time, so I think that might have. Uh, yeah, what kind that of makes sense them. too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump, let's jump back in. So, also, you know something I wanted to point out about our main character here, Laura? Yeah. Why is she so, like, she's totally crossed. I, I can't put this in my notes. She's totally crossed out. Like, she's got cross earrings, cross necklace. Oh, like I didn't even notice bracelet. that. She's got a ton of crosses. I'm like, was this from, okay, so for anybody that doesn't know, the third movie is about witches. So I wonder, was this a hangover from that script that they pushed back? I that this costuming, maybe? Because I don't know why she's got all these crosses and Christianity is never brought up at all. Like, I don't feel like she's ever, like, saying, God, help me or give me the power. God gave me the power. I don't feel like none of that yeah, I don't is ever said. So I don't know why she's totally crossed out. <laughs> if you just see a picture of her from the movie, she's got, like, not one cross chain, like two to three crosses on that chain. And then her earrings are like a double cross. I didn't even realize. I knew she had the one around her neck. I didn't realize there was more than that. Is she supposed to be gothic? Is that what they're trying to do? She's wearing all black. I don't think they fully thought out any of that. I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to, like, what is her, what is she supposed to be doing? Because she's almost like girl next door, but then she's kind of semi-goth, kind of. But not really, but kind of, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know, it's just something that I was thinking about, and I, I wrote a note about it for some reason at this point. <laughs> that <laughs> Why does she have so many crosses on? <laughs> okay, sorry. Let's, uh, okay, let's get back into this, man. Okay, so, where are we at? We're going to Grandma's house next? Yes. Or are we, uh, uh, phone sex. Are we talking about phone sex? Well, he gets killed. Yes, we know he that's gets right, killed. yep. And then we go to Grandma's house. So, Grandma is really nice because she just lets this guy come in and have dinner. Uh, This guy is... Does she see his brain head or is he wearing a hat at this point? No, he has that like uh, toboggan type hat on where okay, it's covering yeah, right. it up so she doesn't realize that's the situation underneath it. And he's doing the same thing with her where she's kind of having the whole conversation and he's just kind of there. Kind of like the other guy. It's the same deal, right? Yeah, yep. Where she's being very nice to him, offering him a bunch of food and everything like that. And she even goes to get him a present. Yeah, but that was, seems to be the downfall because she grabs the red one. Now, sure is. are you? Is that something that that you familiar with people doing? My mom does this, and I do this sometimes too. Where I'll buy like random gifts just in case somebody random shows up for Christmas. No, I have not heard of this. Oh, so you had never heard of that? I, I don't. I don't know where it comes from. But my mom always did that when I was a kid. She okay. would buy like probably four or five random gifts that could be unisex for anybody, and if somebody happened to bring somebody or 
a friend or something, then they would also get something. You know what? My dad does this. Like, we'll go over to, like, my grandma's house, and my cousins tend to just, like, bring some random people over. So he will have, like, either unisex or he'll have, like, extra, like, boy and or, like, girl type, uh, like, gifts for him. So I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about. I completely forgot until you started talking about it. Yeah, because that's, that's something when she first does. She's like, let me see if I have anything down here, like, for you or something. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay, so she's... Like that kind of granny where she's making extra gifts for people just in case they show up. Right. Because it's a lot of presents under the tree for just three people showing up. All right. I agree. So I was like, well, we don't, where's grandpa? Did we ever hear about grandpa? What happened to him? Uh, I don't know. I I was about to say, wait a minute, is it? No, but it's not that grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would have been great. (laughs) (laughs) If we revisited him, that would have been a clip to revisit for no reason. If you're going to just going to give us clips that don't even matter or don't even really correspond. Give us that clip. That was a great clip. Or just give me a, like, picture on the mantle of, like, Grandpa in the nursing home where he's all <laughs> creepy and everything, and that that's how they want to remember him is, like, that was in cool. his, yeah, his dementia state. <laughs> I, 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 the Grandpa was, like, that was a cool scene because I didn't really expect that the first time I saw it. Oh, the first time and I then, saw it, like... that was so dark, and I was like, What? <laughs> I know. That first movie is really dark. It's a lot darker than this movie. <laughs> if you really think about all the stuff that happens in that movie, it's it's really dark. Oh, that movie is. I can see why Cisco uh, and Eber, like, tore it apart. Like, that movie is just bleak, and it, if you didn't know, like, you'd think that guy hated Christmas. Yeah, you would think so, because, like, how traumatic is that to... <laughs> Just that, oh, just that scene. Are we gonna see? I don't, if you see Santa Claus, something. I feel like the parents tell the kid that, and then they just meet Santa Claus, and he kills everybody. I don't. And then your grandpa told you right before that. Yeah. It, <laughs> oh my God, I couldn't imagine that in, in real life. If that happened, you would I be traumatized say, forever. In the eighties, Christmas movies were very bleak when they went into the horror genre. Wasn't Gremlins Christmas? Yeah. Oh my! Yeah, we, we we were trying to torture kids back then. They wanted we us tortured. I don't know why. Yeah. They wanted us to be afraid. I guess we would act right. I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I don't think I could think of. Like trying to scare kids into acting right and not acting bad. Or these are some of the potential things that could happen to you at Christmas. <laughs> yep, one hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Okay, so anyways, Granny, Granny's nice. She brings over a red present for him. Yep. Which sparks his. Uh, cause I think even the doctor has a line later explaining it. Yeah. Yes. The color red sparks his something. I think I had wrote down his trauma and anger. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. that I think that might've been what he said. Cause I think that's kind of a very precise thing for me to write down. Yeah. He said, I, cause I don't know what he's, he says stuff all the time. I don't know what he's <laughs> Right. But yeah, that sounds like something like that he would say. But then, so was it that or is it Santa Claus? I thought it was Santa Claus. Is the color red? Well, I wonder if I feel like pivoting. in the second one it was specifically Santa Claus. Well, I think they're pivoting because Santa Claus wears red that you know how they kind of like to evolve the whole concept. I think red now might be the like association as to why it's Santa Claus. You see, I feel like it's what you said earlier. I feel like they didn't watch the second part of Agreed. They didn't watch part 2 to know that <laughs> cuz in that one he's watching he's watching part 1 actually. <laughs> he's watching a movie of the, the literally part one when the Santa Claus does the robbery at the beginning and then 
he freaks out when he sees Santa Claus shooting somebody. And then that's when he says, punish, and he freaks out. So I feel like you they, they just didn't watch it to know that it's not red. It was Santa that was freaking him out. Because right. then, like, oh, yeah. later in that movie, he sees a, an actual Santa doing something on the street, and it freaks him out again. And then he kills him and takes the Santa suit. So it's like, <laughs> just watch the movie, bro. That's what I felt. And this is, I'm sorry to tangent. But that's what I felt when I watched, uh, and this isn't even horror. It's uh, that Marvel, was a Marvel movie. Infinity War, the first one, I think. Mm. Yeah. That's what I felt like. I felt like the Russo brothers didn't watch Black Panther. They didn't watch Thor 3. They didn't watch any other movies leading up to that movie. So then they <laughs> changed things that had happened in those movies. And, it, and I feel like I was the only person in the world that was bothered by that. <laughs> and I was super bothered. And I did a whole podcast where I gave all my frustrations about why I didn't like what they did. And I feel like I was the only person that had that take in the world. <laughs> when that movie came out. And I got a lot of hate for that take. A lot of hate. Really? But then, months later, once the smoke had cleared, then a ton of people agreed with me, and then it didn't matter anymore. But Yeah. I don't know, just you, to you have those off. people like that are... Uh, they need to let it kind of settle before they start to kind of... are objective about what they're thinking. Yeah, but long, long point made shorter. They should have watched the movie and knew what was going on with the character if they were going to use him. Well, the one thing I will actually... Actually, no, it doesn't even fit here. Is that I was going to say, I do know that earlier in the decade it would have been tough because there wasn't home video yet, but never mind, like, 89, there was one, this was straight to video, so there was most definitely, there was ways where they could watch the first one, especially if they're working in Hollywood. I'm sure somebody could have got them a screening of this Somebody, somebody's got it. the footage. Yeah. yeah, somebody can get the footage for I it. mean, it's not like somebody in the middle of, like, you know, Texas or, like, Ohio back in the, like, early 80s trying to be like, well, shit, I can't go see this movie now, so I'm going to have to just go off of my memory. Like, if yeah. you're in Hollywood, like, there's ways they can get around this. Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> but oh, yeah. I feel I mean, like it's just, they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, we got a week. Remember, we had a week to do this, so it's like, we, we, don't, <laughs> we don't have time to watch movies and well, write an hour through. and a half to watch the movie. So like, we, can watch, <laughs> we can watch the first movie. You know, they don't have a copy of the second one in stock. You don't know when it's going to come back, so somebody we only got a week. <laughs> yeah, somebody probably had it for a month and never returned it, and we haven't ordered a new copy yet, so, you know. Because <laughs> that's what you have to worry about back then. You have to worry about the movies not being in stock and if somebody's going to keep it or if they're going to return it. That's true. <laughs> so there we go. Okay, so wait a minute. Hold on. Okay, okay, I'm ready, sir. Let's keep going. Okay. So, where are we at right now? We have this weird thing where, obviously, we talked about Granny, you know, setting off Ricky. And then our group finally arrives, and they don't find Grandma, but they find, like, the food's on, like, the stovetop is still boiling and everything like that. They're looking around for her, and at least they do give a logical explanation that they like, oh, maybe she went down to the neighbor's house. So, they're waiting for her to return, but she does it for quite a while. And then they start to get worried. Yeah, and it's like... Why would she leave everything on and not come back really quick? But the well, but uh, Laura's yeah. already freaked out because the chairs moved or something. Yes, like and the chair isn't in the exact spot where she remembers it because she's so used to like uniformity in like, yeah. the house. Yeah, so it does seem weird. But then like the brother doesn't seem to be freaked out at all, and she's already like really freaked out. Like oh something's wrong because right. it, and they're kind of downplaying it. I think that's when the brother's like, hey, why don't you go uh, start the, the bath and I'll yeah. look for some food or something. And then, yeah, he literally goes and turns off, like, every eye of the stove is on. 
<laughs> and he turns them all off. He's and looking at the pot I'm pretty sure he soon after just makes himself dinner, which I mean, I guess I probably would have eventually if like I'm waiting, waiting and thinking that she's you know at the neighbor's house or something like that. Yeah. So and then they have their bath and all that. I guess. Yep. What is the sister doing while they're doing that? I don't even know. Uh, is she I just think... sitting there. Um, she's like searching around the like living room like she's like notices like her pictures missing and oh yes okay you're right yes i think right around this point is where she looks out the window and even though she's blind she somehow well she has a psychic connection (laughs) where she notices that (laughs) i said that to myself too I said, wait a minute, she's blind. Oh, I guess psychic connection. I don't know. I guess that's what they're going to try to run with there. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, she's not a good blind actress. I'll say that. I've seen it done better. I'll say that. Why come? No, I guess not. I was going to say, why not just get an actual blind person? Because she doesn't do anything special in this movie, this actress. No, Is that unheard of back then? I don't know, actually, actually. I think now they would do that, but I feel like back then they wouldn't do that. I'm not sure if they did hire, like, blind people or not in, like, movies. Like, I, I would assume they probably would be by this point. I don't know. In the, I mean, it's almost the 90s in this movie, so maybe. Right, I feel like yeah. maybe in the 90s they, well, no, maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like her blind act sometimes is distracting. Her eyes are really distracting. Yeah, agreed. Because I've known, I've known blind people in my life, mm-hmm. and I've been around them. And they don't look around like that. No. <laughs> they don't. Their eyes are like literally in a weird, usually like in a weird direction or something. I mean, I think the people that I've known usually tend to kind of like look up or like will just look like straight, like just dead straight. Yeah, they're not like looking around the room and mm-hmm. stuff. Like like she's looking, around, like there's a scene where they're showing her walking. I think it may be at the grandma's house. And her eyes so. are looking, darting around like she's looking at everything that she's walking into, and I'm like, why are you doing that? You can't see. <laughs> I don't understand why you're looking at I think at that's when she's looking for her picture. I think yeah. you're right. <laughs> Show her hands feeling. How about that, director? She's blind. Show her hands. <laughs> you should see her hands rubbing against things, right? Oh, my God. I mean, I don't know. if I. If, that's what I would have shown. If I'm trying to depict somebody's blind, I'm not going to show their face. I'm going to show their hands. Oh, great. Grabbing, yeah. touching, because that's what blind people do. They touch, they feel. Well, not only that, but hide these things. Like, you could easily do some of this stuff that way. Yeah, so I don't know. But anyway, yeah, because Ricky grabbed her picture when he first uh, came to the house with the grandma. So that's why the picture's missing. Right. So he knows that he's in the right spot, I guess. Yep. But I don't even understand, at this point, what does he want from her? She I woke just up think... his brain, but what does he... What I just think because they have a connection, I think he's just kind of going off of, like, instinct. So is it like a Michael Myers thing where... I think so. We don't just, really know what it is. It's just he's drawn to this place or this person. Or, just has to have some sort of purpose. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like, I didn't understand what his end game was either. Like, what he was trying to do with her. Right. Like, once he got her, what was he going to do? I didn't understand. So, okay. Anyways. So... At this point, like, um, do they go and look for the the brother and his girlfriend? Do they go off and look for her after that? Well, I think all three of them go to the neighbor's house and realize that they're not there. Like, they're completely gone, so her grandma's not there. And I know on their way back is when they actually get attacked, and the brother tries to fend off Ricky while he allows the two women to escape. But they just kind of stand there until 
They think he's dead. <laughs> yeah, and then the then the girlfriend's like, "We gotta go. We gotta, we don't want to be. We don't want right. to die too or something." And they go in the house and try to barricade the house. Yeah, because did we already missed that. Where, yeah, we missed that part already. There was a part earlier where Ricky busts through the door or whatever, and he's choking the girlfriend, right? Yeah, right he does. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he does punch through at that point and like chokes her for a second, and then like. Because I feel like they run, they ran outside, and then that's when he um, attacked him, outside, or something. So I wasn't sure if it was that point or when they came back into the house, and then he did it there. No, because when they come back, the, the hose already there, and the two girls like okay. try to board up the, the door with like something. I don't know what they pushed into <laughs> right. the door, some kind of shelf or something. <laughs> I'm like, why is he super strong if he's skinny and not buff, Ricky? Why is he super strong? I think they're kind of going with the whole, like, um, because he's mindless and doesn't have a conscience anymore, it's kind of one of those things where... You just get that extra strength. There's no conscience that's trying to, like, stop you from, like, fully hurting somebody, so I think he's kind of using all of his strength. So they're going with just cra- guys crazy strength? crazy Yeah, crazy yeah strength. that's what I think they're kind of, like, leaning into. Yeah, I know a lot of movies like to do that. They like to give the killer just, because he's crazy, he's just... Superhuman. Yeah, agreed. Cause this guy, like, has he? What is he? I, I feel like he should. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get hungry. Like, what is he? He did have a little bit of a meal. So oh, he, he did have, eat. You're right. You're right. He, he did. Did he nice, eat it? He has did we a, see him eat? Uh, he is eating when. Or did he kill her before they ate? Um, he's eating when she goes to get the present. Okay. Okay. So he did eat. Okay. Never mind. I was, <laughs> I was like, he never even eats in this movie. What is his deal? Okay, okay, but let's get into this. Um, so the brother gets killed, they go back. Now well, We also have another scene that I kind of wanted to bring up real quick where our cop and doctor are on the way, and for some yes. reason, the cop has the bright idea when this doctor has not been forthcoming with anything, gets out of the car to take a piss, and the doctor steals his car, <laughs> leaving Oh, wait our... a minute. Wait, before that, there's a scene we need to talk about before that. <laughs> Hold on. Right, right before that scene you just said, right before that, this guy is trying to sell the doctor a, a car phone. Oh yeah, he gives I him forgot a, about that. <laughs> he has a weird pitch where okay, so the doctor's kind of explaining, you know, his his uh, thing, and yep. the guy's like uh, asking him about, you know, if he if he knows anything about car phones or something, and then he's trying to sell him. He's telling him all these great things about it. And like all these things, and he's like, call waiting, and you can do this, and you hands free calling, and a hundred save numbers, and all this stuff. And the yep. doctor's like, I don't like doing two important things at once. So I guess he's talking about driving and talking, I guess. I yep. don't know. But he's like, he's telling him, he's like, what do you get out of it? He's like, well, I get $100 off my bill for referrals, pretty much, is what he's. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, why is he trying to sell? He's really trying to sell this guy on why he should get a mobile phone. Do you. I don't know if you're old enough, but do you remember mobile phones? I do cars? remember car phones. I never had one, or my parents didn't have one. I did know, like, I had a cousin or an uncle or something who had one, but he never used it because it was so expensive. Yeah, see, my grandpa had one, and my okay. gran- my grandpa had the most tricked-out van that I could ever remember in my life. <laughs> okay. He had one of those old-school vans from the 80s. Not an 18 van, but it was like a passenger van. Okay. And he had a queen size bed in the back. He had a TV VCR combo TV in the back. All right. And then he had uh, 
he had like the little ladder on the back where you could climb up. Like yeah. you know what? Like it was it was a, but he had a mobile. He had a car, phone, mobile phone, whatever you call it, in there. And I remember we took it on vacation, and he called us to make sure we were okay in the car. <laughs> and I remember he had a big antenna outside of it. You had to hook up. Oh, I'm sure it wasn't super tall, but it was like a taller than usual antenna. Not big enough. And I remember, yeah. I remember thinking like, okay, this is kind of cool, man. You could just call somebody in the phone. I was like a little kid at that little little kid, but I just always thought that was cool. I never knew how expensive it was when I was a kid. I'm sure it's really expensive. Oh yeah. I didn't care as a kid. I just thought it was cool that he had a phone in yeah, a van. Yeah, agree. <laughs> but think about that as a kid. Like, that's where I watched most of my 80s movies oh, inside okay. of that van. Like, he, even when he had it parked, like, me and my cousin would climb up on top of it and play up there or get in there and and put the bed down and sit on there and watch movies. <laughs> so, it was crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, back to this one, though. But, yeah, the car phone. He's trying to sell this car phone to the doctor. Yep. And a hundred dollars off his bill in the eighties or late eighties, early nineties. How much is the bill? It makes. If you it's a hundred dollars off the bill, how much is the? Because if they're giving you that much off, then it's probably triple that or more. Oh, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be like, like two hundred dollars. I'm assuming like around there. Because like, I can't imagine like that's gonna take your bill down to almost nothing. And I, they didn't say a name, but I almost wonder. Is this like a promotion that somebody pay to have this in the movie? Like I they wonder. give money for this? I didn't think about that. That could be. Because it's a really weird scene to have just in the middle of, just during this, like, I guess, build into the climax. <laughs> it's a really weird, just random scene, comedic scene to have. <laughs> so it's funny think. because as you were talking about, I was like, you know what? That's like, that is another scene that it, it, it is comedic. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that whole detective is, he's the comedy, I guess. Because he's never serious. If you remember, there's a scene before this where, before they decide to go looking for Ricky, where they they see, like, footage from him killing the receptionist. Yep. And if, it looks like the guy's laughing, like he's enjoying it. The cop, he he's literally is. laughing and smiling. He's like, and listen to this part. And he's smiling. He's like, he's saying, Laura, what's that mean? And I'm like, why is this guy having such a great time with his murder? You know what? I completely thought the same thing when I was watching that. I completely forgot till you brought it up, but he does seem a little bit giddy. Yeah, he's he. I feel like him and our main actress is are really having a good time being in a movie. Like I yeah. feel like they're just happy to be in a a real movie. I think because it feels like they're losing control of their emotions a lot. And I don't know if they told him. I'm guessing we didn't do a lot of takes. I'm guessing. You know, one or two takes is all we really had time for. <laughs> Probably, yeah. So whatever we got, hey, he kind of smiled at the end, uh, director. Uh, that's all right. Next scene. <laughs> okay, we're going to the next scene. Don't even worry about it. We'll we'll just edit it, and then they forgot to edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, let's let's get to this. Oh, let's get to what you were saying, man. So he so he steals the doctor's car while he's taking the leak. Yeah, which I mean, and, I don't know why you trust this doctor who has not really been... He seems shady the whole time in your car, but the doctor's trying to get up there because he wants to get to Ricky before this cop does. And he goes far away, too. Like, he walks, like, really far away from the car. Oh, yeah. Like he's, I'm like, why wouldn't you just pull up, like, closer to where you're going to go and just get up behind a bush or something? Why'd you walk all the way across the thing? I guess I guess that we know he had enough time to drive off. I guess. Right, yeah. He's very trusting. Yeah, so then we get, we get you want to get to that interaction with Ricky? Because he comes across him and the brother. The doctor does. Yeah, this gets kind of, 
this all kind of runs very quickly together actually here for this like kind of climax into the conclusion here is that like the brother is, is disappeared right now then we also have the sister is now upstairs with the girlfriend she ends up getting killed and then and this, we is had, a, this is a weird thing that happens with that kill because like they do like another one of those weird dream sequences right yeah. Or is that really, is it really what happened or was it a I dream? think it's really what happened because doesn't she get like pulled under the bed or something like that? I can't even remember. Because I feel like when, because when, there's a scene where she tells her, hey, I'm, you stay here and I'm going to go check it out or Agreed. something. Agreed, yeah, right. And then I feel like at that point, I don't know if she fell asleep and the dead bodies is there or if Ricky brought the dead body there. I, that's where I was confused if she was awake or dreaming. Or yeah, or they it feels like it happened another really bedroom quickly. or something. It's something like that. Because we don't see the kill, right? No, that's part of my problem with this movie is a lot of the kills are done off screen. Yeah, we just see, like, the body afterward or something. Right. So that's why I wasn't sure if it was real or she was already, like, like with the receptionist where she saw it happen right before it happened. Right. And maybe, I was thinking maybe she's, that's what happened to her, but she was seeing it in her room instead of seeing it, like, happening in the kitchen or something or somewhere else. Right. So that's why I was confused. I was like, is she dreaming? Is this a psychic power being unleashed? What's going her power, we don't know, so right. <laughs> what's happening right now? So anyway, she dies, and she, and everybody gets a similarly bloody death, I guess. Yeah. What is he killing people with, though? Is he still got a, he's got a knife? He must have a knife from the kitchen or something like that. Because he had a scalpel originally right. that he took from the hospital, but a scalpel doesn't, I don't know if it would do that. Maybe. It's pretty sharp. It is. It's not a very big blade, but yeah. Yeah, it's a really small, but it's making really large cuts on these people. Because, like, he would have to slice that receptionist a couple times to make her neck that open, I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah, because that's, I mean, that is just torn up completely. Yeah. Man, this lady's whole midsection and stuff is all torn up, so yeah. I, I I don't, I didn't remember what he had as a weapon. Did he have a knife? I don't remember. I don't now. even remember. I know, no, because I don't even know. <laughs> I honestly don't. And I watched it twice, and I don't even remember. Because everything in this part is really, like you said, it's kind of all blurs together. Because all this is happening kind of simultaneously. They're cutting back and forth. Yes. But, um, okay, so, okay, but we, we, didn't, we didn't, did we finish the doctor sequence where he meets the brother? Because that's when he gets killed. The right. doctor's going to have his conversation. What what was he trying to do? So when the doctor comes up, he's, you know, trying to, he's actually, I think he was about to kill the brother. And then he gets up and confronts this doctor. And the doctor plays a recording of Laura's session, I guess. And that kind of gets Ricky to start coming toward him. Because at first he was walking away. Right. And then he starts coming toward him. And I don't know what he's trying to do. I guess he's trying to calm him down and take him back to the hospital. Is that what his... Agenda I mean, was, I kind of took it as he's just trying to necessarily distract him. Because I know, like... Because I feel like he's he's more, to use a Michael Myers term, I feel like he's more Dr. Sartain than he is Dr. Loomis. I feel like he's not trying I, to protect yeah, people. He's trying to figure out what Ricky's really about and what he can really do. So he doesn't want to hurt him. Right. He wants to... He's not Loomis. He doesn't want to stop him. I feel like he wants to take him back so he can examine him or something. Yeah. Because he seems like he's really opportunistic about trying to, whatever this procedure is, trying to trying to make it work despite all the people that have been killed. Or, I mean, I almost feel like it's part of it, too, is that 
his research might get shut down if you find if the pay, if the people behind it find out that his subject is killing people. So I could also see him just being like, "Hey, Trying calm to him down, but... so we can get I can you know sweep this underneath the rug and everything like that." Yeah, so he's. But I mean, he's still he's trying to protect himself and keep the research safe, I guess. Yeah. But for his trouble, he gets stabbed. Yep. <laughs> he didn't have a great plan here. And I mean, for some reason, he gets we get another scene with him later. I guess we'll come back to it. But he gets another scene, a necessary scene for some reason. Do you remember? <laughs> I do not remember another scene with him. Oh yeah, we we after after this we come back to him at the very end of the movie for like a split second for no reason. He gets a, he gets a goodbye scene. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Stay though, I did that. like where they end up taking this, where Laura being blind goes to the basement and hides in, like, that dark room, and that's end up where the brother end up showing back up, which I was like, this is kind of weird, but... Yeah, because, I mean, I guess we don't we don't see him dead, but he looks like he's dead when Ricky's there, but he doesn't kill him, I guess. Right. I guess he was about to kill him. But, so the doctor did do something, I guess he saved her brother's life. Right. But anyways, the scene you were talking about when they're in the basement... Yeah, she breaks the light, and then she's like, yeah, now we're equal. And I'm like, no, you're not, because he's a super strong killer with no emotions, so no, you're not, not equal. Not only that, but, like, the door is open, <laughs> and there's a light in that room, and yeah, you can still the dark see. room she's in is so lit up from that one doorway that I'm like, you... Oh, you can see you. She's <laughs> blind. She probably doesn't you. know there's light coming in from that door. <laughs> and the script writers don't know that either, so they're just like, it doesn't. we don't even, we don't even care that you can see, like, it's... That's just the light, but it's supposed to be dark, really, but it's just light. And actually, That's the lighting. around this scene is uh, another of, like, I guess the trying vision. to go for comedy here, when the brother steps in with the shotgun and drops the line, it's not live, it's Memorex, and I'm oh, yeah. not sure what? why that was stated. Was that supposed to be a reference to his head? Maybe. Because he's got, I... like, a like a, looks like the front of a VHS... A player on the back of it, a small version on the back of his head, or like an A track tape player on the back of his head, or something. I guess there's some little black box on the back of his head. I'm guessing it's a reference to that because the lights, the front of the the lights on the back of his head look like it would be like a VHS player lights. So I wonder if it was a reference to that since he's. I mean, I hope so because if not, I'm like that line does not make any sense. And there was another weird right right before that, but right before the brother saves her. She sees her grandma in a vision, and the grandma yes. tells her, yep. "You have to unleash your full power." Which, what does that mean? She does she does she do it? Does she bring the brother back? A lot. What what is her full power? I have please no idea. any anybody who wrote this movie have a scene that explains what her potential is. Show her lose control earlier in the movie, and somebody has a car wreck or something. I don't know anything, anything to tell me what. What's her power? Because that really bugged me that the granny says this, and then we get this really lackluster what's about to happen. Agreed. It's like it's 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 a really let's let's just talk about it because so she's got a is it like a mop stick or a broomstick or something? Ah, uh, yeah, I think so. And that's what she broke the light with. So then, of course, Ricky just takes it and breaks it in half and just throws it on the ground. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's a stick and he's superhuman, so I don't know what that was gonna do. But anyways, at some point, they're tussling and she gets the stick back. Does yes. she make him jump on it? Or does he uh, just fall and fall on it by accident? Wasn't he fighting with the brother and then she puts it up there? 
No, she's just laying on the ground holding it, and he just falls. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think Ricky and the brother were fighting with each other, and then oh, he yeah, kind I'm of sorry. knocks that, him I didn't down. Mean, yeah, I mean, and then, yeah, the tussle was them fighting. I'm sorry. Yep, I'm yep. and then the she kind of gets in place while that's happening, and that's how she kind of sets up the kill. Okay, so I still didn't understand that, because I felt like... I don't know why I felt like <laughs> that she just psyched that she was supposed to be psychically telling him just to fall on it or something. Cause she doesn't move her hand at all. She just sets it there. And then literally he just falls face first and lands right on it. And I'm like, did she use her psych? What was the point of the grandma say, use your power? What, what did she do? Yeah. I don't think they, at that point, that's what, that's why I was confused. Like did, did she use psychic powers to make him just lose and fall? Or I don't understand. See, I kind of just took it. It was more of, he fell, he was off balance from the tussle, and then she just happened to be in the perfect spot to no, kind of... No, watch, watch it again. If you watch that scene again, because the second time when I watched it, she literally just moves her hand a little bit, sets it up. He doesn't fall hard. He doesn't fall fast. He literally, like, slowly just kind of lowers himself down onto it. Now, that might have been just, they didn't have a budget to do a good shot. <laughs> well, I mean, if anything... But I'm that's literally, that, yeah. when you watch it, that's what happens. So I didn't know... I didn't know if that was on purpose or that was just budget. <laughs> I'm assuming it's probably budget because all the deaths were off screen anyways. Yeah, because so just... it, it happens so slowly. Like, he falls on it like he's doing it on purpose. It's so slowly. So that's why I thought she was using some kind of mental ability to make him kill himself or something. Yeah, I guess the only problem is that they have done nothing where <laughs> she's been able to control anything with her mind. Yeah, I just... If you're gonna... Okay, if you're gonna start the movie... With a psychic girl having a vision or a dream sequence or something, you gotta end it with the psychic girl doing something with that power. It's it's got to happen at some point in the movie. You can't. What is that called? Checkoffs, whatever. Oh yeah, checkoffs done. You can't introduce something that big and never use it for anything. You can't. Well, I think that's the problem though when you're doing like with psychic ability where you're like a clairvoyant is that. Mm-hmm. That power doesn't really give you any, like, actual, like, there's no offensive power for it. So it's kind of one of those things where you're using it as a cheat to kind of progress your story. So I'm with you. Is that by introducing it that way, you're really kind of painting yourself into a corner. Yeah, and they just never can get out of that corner. They can never figure out anything for her to do with this ability. And all they, all they, and we, we say this, I feel like we say this every time this happens in a movie. It just takes a couple quick scenes to drop a couple lines to let us know what's going on, and there you go. The doctor could have said, because the doctor knows she has powers, because he's like, she doesn't even understand how great her powers are. Okay, doctor, well then at this moment, drop a line. She has the ability to whatever. Tell us right then, and then we know. And then there you go. See, but no, I almost feel like if you're going to go with like the clairvoyant without giving her power, then what you need to do is have it where this killer is using his ability or using her ability against her, where every time she's hiding, he knows where she's at because he can see through her eyes. And that's the way where you've introduced this, you keep using it. And it's not like, oh, so you just use this to progress the story earlier. You got to kind of keep that power. That's the other problem when you have psychic powers is that it's limitless and we've seen so many different like forms of these powers that you're like, so how, like, what is the limits we have here? And I don't think yeah. the writers know that. 
And that's the problem because if you watch, if they watched Friday the 13th, at some point she uses her powers to fight Jason. Right. If you're going to copy other parts, copy that part. She's got a crooked doctor too in that movie because the doctor's the one that sends her to Crystal Lake. So he's a crooked doctor. So if you're going to copy, copy the better parts. Like when she's fighting Jason, I mean, I'm not saying they're great moments, but she, I remember like she's like using psychic power to fight him. Like, like telekinesis, literally. Make yeah. make this girl have tele. You're talking about fire starters probably around this time, also. You're well, talking about scary. all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Give her powers. Make make it not just psychic. Make it telekinetic, also, so she can push Ricky across the room or something. I don't know. Anything. You also might be running into budgetary there. Yeah, I mean, but fake pushing people is easy. I mean, that's not. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know, but anyways, let's 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 go ahead and, and finish this out. So, so then don't the cops come? I guess yep. eventually, and this is where we get like kind of a way too long ending. Yeah, because we get like them like leaving and everything, and then we, I know something is said, and then we, I know the we get the, we get a flashback to that cop. I mean, to that uh, doctor again, right okay. before that, because yeah. before the cop gets to the house, because I think after Ricky dies, we get a flash of the cop talking to. The doctor bleeding out of his mouth about to die, and he was like, you had to find out for yourself, huh? Or he says some slick comment. Yeah, you're right. And the doctor's like, says something, and I guess he dies. And then they, then he goes to the house, and then we're, the doctor has, I mean, the cop has to go downstairs and check it out. And so we get another, it seems like it's too long, because then they come out of the house, and then we're in the car, and we're doing something well, then else. Then we get that like, slick, like, lasting image where you get Ricky one last time saying Laura's name. Oh no! He says Happy New Year's. No? Oh, that's right. He does say Happy New Year's. That's wait, right. Wait, 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 a, wait a minute. Hold on. Let's let's re, let's go back. So when yeah. Laura's in the cop car leaving, she says Merry Christmas. She's talking yep. to the cop. Yep. And then we get the yep. vision of Ricky with a suit on, a tuxedo, <laughs> with the brain head still, but he's got a tu- he should have had a hat on. That would have made it a little more slick. With the brain hat, but have a like a derby or something. <laughs> Yeah, no, that... That would have been a little more slick, but he's got a... how cheesy this line is here, they might as well go full bore and just... And he's breaking the fourth wall because he's talking to us because he's looking directly at the camera. I think he's talking to us. No, he 100% is. And he says, in a happy new year, and he's happy, and I'm like, what are we saying with that? Does that mean that now he lives inside of her? Is she going to be the killer in part four? Is that what we're setting up? No, That would not have been a horrible idea. I like that idea. Yeah, that's a good idea, but nope, that's not what the fourth one's about. The fourth one's about witchcraft. <laughs> oh my god, man. I just don't understand. We had so much there's so much I hate when there's so much potential and you set up so much in a movie and then you just never do anything with it. I mean, I agree. And they, this movie was never destined like this series is never destined to, you know, produce like great movies. You at least have something here that could have been like interesting and fun. And I mean, this movie is still interesting to me, but there's a lot of things that are just unrealized, which I'm with you, is what frustrates me more. Man, you gotta watch part four. I, I, whatever oh, it's I'm on gonna my say list. about, I'm definitely gonna watch. It. <laughs> whatever I'm gonna say in my review here in a few minutes about this movie, um, you gotta watch part four just for the craziness of it. I'm not saying it's a good movie, but I think it's a better paced movie than this one, and I think it's a a better all-around story because it's a complete story technically (laughs) 
If you've seen The Craft, you understand the ending of that movie, okay? Yep. yep. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, just but, so you are aware, Part 4 has a higher rating on IMDb than this movie does. And actually, oh, okay. Part 5 has the highest rating after the first one. I'm 100% going to watch Part 5 because it's called The Toy Maker. Yep. And I saw the trailer. The trailer looks garbage, to be honest with you. But I'm not lie to you. I mean, the, the, the quality of the trailer looks the garbage. Movie I'm not the movie poster looks garbage too. <laughs> so I don't know the quality <laughs> of this production, but there's all kind of toys, and I'm like, what is? What does this have to do with Christmas? And so, is it going to be a toy? Well, I guess that has to do with Christmas. But what does that have to do with Silent Night, Deadly Night? The premise. <laughs> what does this have to do with that money. premise? That's my real question. The second one had a loose connection because of the brother. And all the flashbacks, but this one is not... This is the thinnest connection with the fake Ricky. Yep. And the fourth one has even... A, I mean, the fourth one has an even more thin with just uh, them watching the movie on TV is the I only connection. <laughs> so I wonder how they connected in the fifth one. I wonder, is there just a TV? He's watching it on TV, or is he somebody? I'm, I'm going to watch it, and I'll, I'll get back with you guys. <laughs> and I'm going to watch it and find out. <laughs> Okay, so let's wrap up this one, though. <laughs> Before we jump into the future adventures of Silent Night, Daily Night, what what do we say about the third one? <laughs> All, right. All right, man. So who did who went first on those reviews last time? I don't remember. Um, I believe I went first last time, so if you want to lead us off here. Okay, so we're talking acting first? Yes. All righty. So acting in this movie. Uh, I didn't really have a high mark for it. I didn't really think there was a lot of great acting in this movie to be honest uh some people played the role decent enough uh yeah i guess the doctor was decent enough for what he was supposed to be uh i didn't the cop was he was just he couldn't keep a straight face <laughs> so i mean but i liked i liked some of the stuff he was providing it just wasn't for this movie it was another movie um uh, i didn't really think the main actress was that great her brother was not that great i did like the girlfriend i thought she was good but she's been in other stuff so I guess other people liked her too because they gave her more opportunities. Uh, Bill Mosley, I I do like him in other movies, but this was a weird performance for him. He didn't really do anything; it was all physical acting, and he just played like a lumbering dead person, so or brain dead person. So, so for all in all, I think I I think it was a a little bit below your average, so I gave it about a two. Okay, that's where I'm gonna be at. I thought about a two point five. But now I'm going to be about it too, because I really, I didn't really like our main characters, and the side characters were the only thing I really thought did better. Agreed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For me, um, I'm actually very similar to you. Is that I did not care for the lead, the brother, both of them. Like none of them really could like convey emotions when they're supposed to be scared or sad. So it kind of really bothered me at times. I don't mind Bill Mosley as being this lumbering killer. I think he just has, like, it's a different type of look, but he has that gangly thing, and you're right, though. It is a kind of weird role because he is so charismatic that it's weird that we have him in a role. He was very young still in this movie because, I mean, this is even before, like, a year later he was in the Night of the Living Dead remake where he, you know, at oh, least wow. got so to have more this is before that, lines. too. Yeah, so, I didn't like, realize it was before that. Well, wow. okay. Yeah, so, like, I think he's solid, but... Not really, you know, using his strengths. I agree with you. The doctor is very villainous. I think that actually kind of 
add some stuff. I do like the girlfriend. I'm right there with you. I would say like you're dead on those. Like a lot of the more side characters actually have more personality and convey the stuff. So I'm actually right there with you with the two on the acting. I was hovering almost going a little bit lower just because of how frustrated I got when they're supposed to be sad. And I'm like, you guys do not understand what it's like to be sad right now. Cause there are no emotions <laughs> coming from any of you, I but know, it was bad. everything else I can at least be a little bit forgiving. So I'll come in with a two. All right. Uh, so what we got next? Uh, cinematography, look at the film. Yes. I'm gonna be, and this one I don't know because there was some interesting elements of some of how they shot it. Because I did think the dream sequence at the beginning was kind of cool. I did kind of like how it looked, but it wasn't nothing that blew my socks off. Most of this movie. Yep. Most of it was just kind of average. Um, I hovered about a three, but I could honestly go about a two point five. But um, I guess I'll go like a just an average. I wish I could go lower than a 3, but higher than a 2.5. I'm going to go 2.5. Okay. Because um, I didn't... Me, I'm... Also, oh, hold on. Before I... Let me get one no, more thing. No, you're good. You're good. And then, um, because I didn't like that you didn't see the kills, too. That was, a, that was a reason why I couldn't stay at a 3, because you see the aftermath, but I didn't like... I wanted to see the kills, and I don't know... What? Was this movie rated PG-13? Is that what it was? Uh... Or... Is that why we couldn't get It's kills? rated R. So... I don't know. I just I just wanted to see a little bit more of the kills because I think that would have gave me because I think that would have gave me just a little bit to give it a three if I could have got that, but it just wasn't. It was it was bloody quote unquote, but it, you just couldn't see what was happening. Yep. So that's why I got that two point five from. I actually because of the deaths being off screen, I'm actually coming in lower than that. The movie shot well. I don't have any issues there. I don't have any problems with that. I think that stuff's good. And the after effects of the stuff is, I thought that was good as well. The problem is I just want to see that. Um, so I actually came in with a two just because of how frustrated I was with the off-screen deaths. Yeah, I, it, that's, if it's rated R, I know we were talking about how, you know, they were, they were being really tight, you know, with the ratings and stuff and all that. Yeah. But still... Come on, guys. There's movies they were able to get some stuff done. I don't know if the nudity. I don't know if that one like nude scene. Did they have to swap cause... swap a nude? Does that have to swap that one nude scene for kills? You think? I mean, I don't. It could be that. I just don't know if because like, it wasn't worth it. If that's the case, <laughs> I don't know if eighty nine would have been like to the point where like if you have one like you know nude female that you have to go R because like. I agree with you. Like the after effects aren't that bloody that you could get by with a PG thirteen. Yeah, because it's not. I mean, it's okay, but it's not super realistic bloody. It's <laughs> right. It's okay. Yeah. So I don't think it's. But I don't know. I mean, you really don't know in the budget. Also, I just don't know what was in the budget. If they couldn't, they could do that, but they couldn't do any like you know actual, you know, plastic plastic stuff on people and actually do those kind of effects where it happens. You know. Yeah. They just maybe they didn't have the budget for that. They didn't have any friends that does that did special effects to help. That's a good point. So they just had to try to find somebody and everybody's price was too high, I guess. I mean, you had a quick turnaround, so maybe they didn't even have time to make the, the prosthetics they needed. That's a good point. Because <laughs> it takes a little time to make that stuff usually, too. Yeah. So I don't know. But they didn't have it, so I'm with you, man. Okay, so music in the movie. That's next. Yeah. Uh... I want to be honest, I don't I don't really think anything really stuck out for me. There was maybe one one theme I kind of liked, but 
the music didn't really stick out to me in a good way or a bad way. It just was kind of, it didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind to be honest with you. That's, I felt like in the second one that I liked the theme better in that one. Okay. Because they had a, a Ricky theme, I guess, or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it was like a Ricky theme. I really liked that theme. I thought it was kind of cool, especially with him flipping back and forth personality-wise. It had, had a really good, uh, really did compliment that. In this movie, just nothing. I remember thinking in the second one, oh, man, I really like this song. I never thought that in this movie ever, that, oh, I really like how this affects the scene or something. So I'm going to be at about a two on that one. Okay. Um, for me, I actually came in a little bit higher than you. Um, I liked the atmospheric music. It, it still had vibes of, like, that synth that you'd get in, like, the earlier 80s. So I, I'm a big sucker for that. Like, anytime I can get that type of music. And actually, the other thing that I'm giving credit for is the only thing that made this feel like Christmas for me is that they, like, sprinkled in a little Christmas music. So I'm like, oh, so there's the vibes because you don't have any snow and anything oh. <laughs> like that. So it doesn't feel anything there. So this is actually probably, like, my favorite part of the movie. And it's still not that high of a rating for it because I'm coming in with a three. <laughs> okay, that's kind of sorry. That's kind of sucks if that's the favorite part. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't really get a lot. For your for your value here, yeah, uh, yeah, it just really wasn't wasn't for me there. Okay, so the plot, let's let's talk about that a little bit. The story, yeah. like I said, the potential was there. I feel like with a couple tweaks, this story could really have done something and been something. But I don't know. Well, I, I know why. I keep saying I don't know. We know why because they didn't have time. Yeah, they had they had to make it quickly and they had to do whatever they could just to make something they could do. So <laughs> a lot of corners were cut, obviously. But if I knew, I think if I knew what Ricky wanted or if I knew what her powers were or if I knew anything about the procedure, if I knew, if I just knew like a few more nuggets of the story they were trying to tell, I could easily give this about a three. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a 3.5 if all those answers were there. But they're not, so I'm going to give it a 2.5 because it's a story and there's an ending that that they're getting to, but then it's a lackluster ending and yeah. nothing's explained and it's not even an exciting ending. And they could have done so much more with the ending if they really wanted to, but then they get a tuxedo <laughs> version of our killer, <laughs> which, I, which leads you to believe that that's the next movie. Now the killer's in her head, but no, it's not. So I'm going to give it a 2.5 and that's only... Because of all the potential that was there. Yeah. But the wasted potential is going to be why it can only be a 2.5. It's actually kind of funny is I'm slightly lower than you. And I mean, I like the elements of like a slasher film with a blind lead character. I like the idea that we have this psychic connection between her and the killer. I think that like I like, but my problem with it is like you said, there's so much unrealized potential here that I'm like, why are we missing out on these little things here like that? And a little bit of explanation and a little bit more thought could have really just kind of helped. So I came in with a two on this one. Hey, that's fair, man. <laughs> Super fair. Uh, okay. Um, so last block on here, uh, experience. How was your, how was my experience? Uh, I want to be honest. My experience was higher on the second one and the fourth one. <laughs> my experience wasn't that high because, and before I get the number, I just want to say, I kept waiting for something to happen or thinking something cool was going to happen and it never really does. 
if that makes sense. Yeah. So I was really, I feel like my my experience is kind of false because a lot of times my experience was kind of good in some points because I was waiting for something crazy to happen. Mm-hmm. But then when it never happened, like, I was just like, crap, well, what was the point? So I'm going to be about the same. Man. I'm going to be about a 2, maybe a 2.5 of my experience as well. I really thought it was going to be higher because, and I, I keep saying this, the fourth movie is not great. It's not a great movie. But there's some crazy things happening in that movie. And <laughs> if your movie's not going to be great, you got to sell out on the crazy over-the-top moments. The fourth one does that. The fourth one sells out on that. This one does not. So I'm going to be at a 2.5. That's the highest I can go. Really, honestly, it should be a 2.0, to be honest with you. Because even on the second watch, I, I wasn't super into it. And the stuff I was catching didn't really... Some of it was good, but some of it didn't really mm-hmm. explain as much as I wanted. So okay. I'm going I'm to stick with my 2.5, but it could easily be a 2.0. It's actually funny, as I'm right there with you, is that... I was waiting the whole time for things to happen and I was kind of interested to see where things were going to go because I was disappointed. I can't go much higher than what I have. I probably should come in at a two, but I'm also at a 2.5 for this. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Cause it's, and I just, you just hate to see that, man. I mean, I don't know what you can expect from the third entry in this kind of franchise. Cause if you look, the third entry is always a weird one. <laughs> yeah. In any franchise with more than, I guess with at least five entries, <laughs> Agreed. The third one is always weird because it's either one of the better movies or one of the worst movies, and I don't yeah. know why that is. But it's it seems to be a consistent with most of the movies. So this one, I don't know, man. If I had to, we're going to go ahead and put the numbers on it because I'm I'm going to say this. I'm I don't think I can recommend this to anybody, unless unless it's something that, unless you saw the first two or the first one and you really want to just finish the franchise. Because I can 100% represent four. I mean, uh, recommend number four. And I can recommend number two as well. You really don't even have to watch part one if you rec- if you watch part two. <laughs> because really, part two is is the first movie, and then it's the second movie. So really, <laughs> but honestly, I think you could skip this one if you were doing a marathon of these. I don't even know what Toymaker's about yet. But I would say skip skip this one and watch that one, I guess. I don't even know. At this point, because you're going to be frustrated with the wasted potential. I think most people are. And the lackluster death at the end, like. Yeah. He should have got electrocuted or something. I don't know. Any, he's got an electric brain or something. Electrocute him. Bust his brain. Bust the glass and stab his brain. Take That's his brain what they out. probably should have done. Yeah, Anything will be yeah. more excited. I don't understand him just getting st- uh, stabbed. I don't know. I just. They just weren't thinking about that. They were just thinking about wrapping this up as quick as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fine. So I'm going to say I don't recommend it. I'm going to be at about a, let me see. This is going to be a low. I'm probably at about a 40, man. I feel like I'm going to be in the 40s on this. <laughs> if I have to put a number on it, I would say about 40%. man. Okay. I'm pretty, this is, that's one of my lowest numbers. This is yeah. like in Leprechaun 2 territory. Because <laughs> Leprechaun 2, I think I was about a 40%. Because it's... When there's so much wasted potential and, and the performances aren't good and nothing really cool happens, it's like there's nothing more you can really do. I give them 40% for making a movie, for completing a movie. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny is what you said like on why you couldn't recommend this, 
I'm right there with you. The only way I would be is if, like, you are, like, a completionist or if you like schlock cinema. Like, I think this would be one that you could watch with people. There's not that much crazy stuff going on, so it's not like, you know, you're watching this with friends and then, like, deaths happen, so you're getting, like, all excited about it. This would be, I think, kind of one where if you're just, like, listening to certain lines and stuff like that. I mean, there is some interesting little things here and there. Um, I'm with you though, is that I was hovering right around like a 40% myself with this one. Like the highest I could probably go would be like a 4.5, but even that is me just being generous. So I'm right there with you on the score. Yeah. It just, I don't know, man. Like this, this movie and I, I, I'm, <laughs> I hate, I keep saying this, man, but I was, I guess I had so low expectations for the fourth one after watching this third one. That maybe that's why it just blew me away. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Because I literally watched two, three, four, and then three again. And, <laughs> I, man, four, four blue. I'm going to watch five uh, sometime this week. And I'll, next time next time we do an episode, guys, I'll report back at the beginning of the show what, what I thought about five. Cause okay. I, I'm super interested after four to see. The trailer looks like garbage. The quality of the filmmaking looks like garbage. I'm going to say that. But it's got to be more interesting than this because you got killer toys. It seems like a Puppet Master script that they probably used. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to check it out. But for this movie, if you're doing the full movies out, you really don't have to check it out. You could really skip this right. one. I think. I think 2, 3, 4 is probably where it's at. 5 maybe where it's at. We'll find out next time. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Anything else you want to talk about, man? You want to you wanna promote anything you got going? Journey with a Cinephile-wise or anything like that? I'm just kind of trying to do a little bit of a, you know, roundup and everything, doing some rewatches as I'm going to be doing my um, top films from 2021 horror movies. Uh, that'll be coming out probably my first episode of the new year as to give myself time, you know, till the end of December to do that. Other than that, just trying to watch, you know, some interesting, um, kind of like this one, or at least trying to, with winter Christmas type horror movies just to kind of get into that spirit and everything like that. Um, but other than that, I think that's really kind of all I'm doing over there. Uh, what about you? Do you have anything you wanted to promote? Uh, right now, um, I do want to promote, I do have, uh, I did enter a, uh, a horror short contest. So if anybody's okay. interested in that, there's another podcast called Guts Podcast, and they have an Instagram page where they're doing a promotion where they're doing a uh, a horror contest. So that's something that I've entered uh, under the Dark Mariachi Studios banner. So if anybody's interested in checking out some of that stuff, and there's a lot of, and it's all like really amateur short films. Some people are a little bit better quality than others. But uh, it's, it's an interesting little fun thing I entered. So if you're ever interested in any video stuff, you can check me out uh, on all social media, Dark Mariachi Studios. And for podcasts, you can check me out. I'm on Anchor right now. And uh, available on uh, Spotify and other podcasts as well. You can check me out, uh, Guitar Case Fuller Reviews Podcast. Perfect. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we're going to be signing out. Yep. Well, for my end here, this is uh, David Garrett Jr., and I am signing off. And it's your main man, Jake, from Dark Mariachi Studios. And don't forget, be one of us. Come on a journey with the cinephile. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. SideQuest. I think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum. But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminated. SideQuest. Thanks for this, Michael. Peace.
any one of us. Sometimes that is better. I'm sick of fucks using one too many movies. No. Don't you blame the movie? Side quest. I said I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Okay. Show me. Side quest. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle. Side quest.